Choice for Two's newest video is out, The Procedure, and I am super fired up to talk to Laura Clausen, creative mind and producer behind the episode. That's today's episode. Stay tuned. Hi, folks. My name is Cam. I am the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, an initiative of CCBR, which is dedicated to equipping you with the tools that you need to have compassionate and compelling conversations about abortion so that together we can change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. Thanks a ton for tuning in. I am incredibly excited for this week's episode. For anyone who hasn't already watched the video, The Choice for Two partnered with Lure.tv on um, called The Procedure. I've got it in the show notes. Stop right now and watch the video. It is profound. It is powerful. It is absolutely incredibly well done and produced. It is heart-wrenching. It is intense. Um, and I... As we're going to get into in in my recording with um, Laura, I think that it fills an important niche in um, the educational realm of the pro-life movement in so much as the fact that it shares a very personal, very true story of one person's journey in in the medical field as it um, kind of hits a crossroad with abortion. I think it's profound. I think the imagery is beautiful um, and horrifying and heart-wrenching. And I think this is what we need more of in today's society that we need more on social media. We need more um, sharing with not only our friends and family, but members of our church community and within um, everybody, within our sphere of influence. It's so vital that we have this content. Um, And so without further ado, I'm just going to dive right into the conversation that I was blessed to have with Laura Clausen, um, Executive Director of Choice for Two and producer, creative mind, and um, incredible pro-lifer who um, put together the procedure with Lure.tv. All right, Laura, thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the Pro-Life Guys podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing really well, thanks. And you? I I am doing great. It's been a bit of a whirlwind here with intern recruitment and that kind of thing. But I'm sure that this last week has been a bit of a wild ride for you as well with the launch of the new video, The Procedure. Has it has it kind of unfolded the way that you were anticipating? Or, or tell us about how this last week has gone. Yeah, it's gone really well. Um, yeah, it's it's doing great. And um, we decided to launch it differently than we've launched other videos. So where we just gave it to some uh, larger organizations and people for them to upload themselves. And that's, that's been working really well, because like cumulatively, we have a lot of views on it, which is great. Gotcha. 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 Anyone who hasn't seen the procedure yet um, that, that you produced uh, on behalf of Choice for Two together with Lure.tv, um, it'll be in the show notes. But I I want to dive into it with you and kind of talk about the background behind it and the narrative component. Because one of the things that I love so much of the many things that I love so much about Choice for Two is how you've combined kind of the human element, the narrative component with revealing truth about abortion. And so I'm, I'm curious, give us a little bit of background on how this episode one, the procedure kind of came about with regards to the story and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched the story of a fella who I'm, I'm assuming that's a fella because it's narrated by a fella, but the, um, the um, ultrasound tech who <laughs> is going into to do ultrasound, what 
ends up being for an abortion. How did this come up? Did you come across this story on your own? Is this something that trickled up through Choice for Two? What is the background behind the procedure? Right. So, yeah, it's a true story. And the person sent it to me because I made a post uh, online maybe over a year ago asking if you are a medical professional and you have Mm. encountered or witnessed an abortion, um, would you be willing to share your story with me? So I did that and I got quite a number of responses, actually. It was was really interesting. And uh, this one just really stuck out, just the way that he was describing anything, everything in, in so much detail. And so I just started chatting with him back and forth and asking more questions. At the same time, Lore, uh, Lore.TV um, had approached me saying, hey, do you want to create content for our platform? Um, and so they were encouraging me to do uh, something a bit longer. You know, our, our videos have all been around a minute or so, two minutes, really, the animations for social media. So this was something I, I wasn't even really considering. So then when they asked me, and at the same time I was talking with this man, I just thought this would be the perfect first episode. Um, and so that's, that's how all that happened. Gotcha. I love it. And, and I am excited to talk towards the end of the episode about potentially future episodes. But I'm, I'm curious, if would you say that on, on your behalf, the behalf of Choice for Two, the in, is there an intentionality behind the kind of personal narrative? I feel like th- so many of the videos that you guys have produced, whether it's this one, whether it's the child sacrifice, or even just the So You're Pregnant video, have found not a niche because it's such a wide area, but between the very by the numbers, by the facts, I suppose, Dr. Anthony Leventino videos, the videos of abortion victim photography that get shared around. I feel like yeah. the videos that you've produced have been such a such a cool corner that have combined a lot of the facts, a lot of the compelling evidence with the human narrative. And I'm curious about the creative process behind that, if that's really intentional, if that's just kind of the way that your brain works, or, or what is what is the right. rationale behind that? That's just the way my brain works. But now that I look at it, um, I can see that the uh, the pro-choice movement, um, they're really good at telling stories, right? Like whenever they're um, having their arguments, it's all, oh, what about the 10-year-old who's raped and gets pregnant? And they have these stories. Whereas our side is more factual. And like we have the stats, we have the statistics, and which is good. We need that. Um, but I feel like I feel like maybe that's what it is that that now I'm I'm like, well, no, we can tell stories, too. And they are true stories, but we can just frame it within that narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and to point on a few others, I, I was crushing through all of the, the videos again this week that Choice for Two has put out, the the unempowered videos of post-abortive moms who were pressured into abortions, that kind of thing. And I mean, it hits me incredibly different than so many. I mean, I, I've seen abortion videos a hundred times over. We play them during every one of our presentations that we give at CCBR. And yet, even going through the comments of the procedure, and, and I recognize a lot of names in the comment section and how many people are posting that it hit them differently. Um, have you been kind of getting the same kind of feedback? I'm sure that you're getting lots of feedback from trolls as well. But what is the kind of general feedback been? And, and is it kind of along the lines of what you had hoped? Yeah, it is. It's it's been yeah, it's been that. It's people who have even been in the movement fighting against abortion for years saying I didn't think that anything would upset me really. Like I thought I'd seen it all and then this just hit differently. So that's very encouraging because that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to do something that would really impact people. And um 
We've had messages from people saying, I am no longer pro-choice. I didn't realize that this um, is what happened in a second trimester abortion. So that's very encouraging. We've also um, received confirmation that a little boy's life has been spared um, because of this story, which is the best. Um, so, and I'm God hoping, for that. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, many more as well will hopefully be impacted. Love it. Love it. I, I hope so as well. I, I know a ton of people have been sharing around. I, I will encourage everybody in the audience to not only check out the video, but to share it far and wide because the more people who see this, the more people it's going to impact. We might think, you know what, this this is so profound. I, I don't want to stir the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to stir the um, the pot as it were. Um, I'm sure that we could have a very long conversation about that. But just, just while I'm thinking about that, do you have a, an elevator pitch for, for folks who might say like, oh my goodness, this hit me so profoundly, but I, I don't know if, if I'm quite ready to share this on my own social media or how far and wide. What's your elevator pitch to get somebody to, to take that very natural, very yeah. important step? Well, I understand that. I feel like I'm so far removed from it at this point, yeah. but that's just the path that I've been on. But uh, come on. I mean, no, no pushback or feedback that you can get comes near to what happened to that baby girl, right? Doesn't touch it. So have that in your mind and be brave and post this video. Look, you didn't make this video. You didn't talk to this man. You are not taking ownership of this video. You're sharing a video like you can do it. And then when people, what are they going to say? The only thing that they can say to you is, no, this isn't true, which then you can come back with the facts and be like, yes, it is. This is exactly how a second trimester abortion is done. So... Exactly. There's very very little to lose apart from Facebook friends and whatnot. And, and it's interesting because I'm sure that you have the exact same experience, but I, so many of the workshops and training events that we do at CCBR, we get questions of like, but how do conversations about abortion come up? Like, like, do you expect me to just launch into a conversation at the lunchroom table or at the dinner table? And it a little bit tongue in cheek, but generally my answer is yes. I, I do expect people <laughs> to bring it up in, in those situations that maybe not with the customer at the till per se, um, or when the dentist has the, the tools in your mouth. Right, right, but well. there's a lot of opportunities to, to bring up this conversation, right? Well, especially on social media. This is what people do. They post random stuff out of nowhere, right? They're like, yeah. oh, I really like this cat video I've seen. Boom. And, and you're not like expecting this cat video, but you, you know, you're, this is how it works. So you have, it's a great opportunity to just bam, put something like this out there. That's, that's how social media works, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, the facts are on our side. And, and whether yeah. it's directing somebody towards the Dr. Anthony Leventino videos that you've got on the website at Choice for Two, right. whether it's other information that is incredibly easily accessible, let's normalize the position yes. that it's not okay to kill innocent humans to solve problems. Let, let's just put that out there and, oh, and be like, put yes. the burden of proof on your Facebook audience, not on yourself, I guess, right? That's, that's the thing. I feel like um, people who are anti-abortion or pro-lifers, they're embarrassed to be that they have that's how the culture has made them feel but that's ridiculous we are in the right we are against the murder of babies right so exactly what exactly what you're saying yeah th this is naturally ra radical and and one of the things that i'll say just on this before we move on into kind of a, a little bit more about the video i guess everyone has an audience 
right? Like you might think that the only people that follow you on social media or people in your church are they're all pro-life already. Nobody has ever experienced abortion. Nobody will ever contemplate abortion. But that's not the truth, that that everyone has people in their lives that have abortions. Christians have abortions. Um, Family members have abortions. People who are raised in pro-life homes, people who proclaim the name pro-life have abortions for a variety of reasons. And so don't let yourself fall into that trap of I don't need to share this because everyone I need is pro-life. Absolutely, because you're dead wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that I mean, I I have found people that I went to high school with and university and all sorts of areas, and this is such a freeing opportunity for so many people. I part of the follow up that's been posted on the Lure.tv um, website is, "What do I do now?" And I'm mm-hmm. so thrilled that that one of the main things, the first thing they have on there, is seek forgiveness, find hope and healing through Christ um, after abortion. And I'm curious, have you? Maybe talk for a moment about that post-abortive healing and forgiveness component of Choice for Two, because I think a lot of people are probably a little less familiar with that than they may be of um, whether it's the pink hair, magical birth canal, or whether it's the pregnancy support and registries. Maybe talk right. a little bit about the, the post-abortive forgiveness and healing component. Yeah, sure. That Yeah, that is huge. There are so many women, and that's a big part of, of what we do. We have um, a post-abortive Choice for Two team member who kind of heads all of that up and she's fantastic. And I, I realized over the years that the, the deep wound that a woman is left with after she aborts is just devastating. I had not understood that until actually, um, my, my team member and I, um, just a lot of, a lot of talking and, and I can see how it's really affecting people. And then I looked at the help that was available and a lot of the help for post-abortive women is, um, very much, uh, you were a victim, you know, this was put on you. Um, we're here to encourage and support you because this thing was done to you and you need to recover. Um, but that, that is not helpful because, uh, you, if you're going to get forgiveness, you're going to get it from Jesus Christ and you're going to do that by repenting. And, um, that's the only way. So, uh, we've very much moved into, into that and supporting women that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important that that ownership, I I feel like you and I probably get accused a ton, whether on street corners or even on on social media in person presentations of trying to shame and guilt post-abortive moms and and dads. And my response is often like, I'm not trying to make them feel this. The fact that they feel it is natural because of their ownership of their um, responsibility. I had an interesting conversation with Josh Brom um, about how it's actually really offensive towards moms to say that you had no control over this decision because that's basically labeling them as the the pawns and chattel of people around them. And, and that's not to undermine the coercion that so many moms experience, but right. I, I think it's so valuable, like you said, to... We, we don't find forgiveness by justifying to God the minimal amount of our involvement in our sins, right. but rather just acknowledging them straight up, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This, the whole victim, this, the two victims thing is a really um, big problem in that it needs to be shifted um, for the benefit of women. And um, it's, I will say there have been maybe two or three cases where the women we've talked to were actual victims. Like we're talking... Um, someone who's working in this sex uh, trade who was impregnated against her will and was literally held down on a table um, to have this abortion done. She is a victim. But for you to say, oh, um, I was really struggling with paying my rent. 
um, my boyfriend didn't want to have anything to do with me. And, and, and so I, I had no choice but to choose abortion. Um, I understand that your circumstance was really hard. It was. That's terrible. That shouldn't have happened to you. But it was your choice. You walked into that clinic. You booked the appointment. You paid the money. You got on the table. So there, there has to be, yeah, there has to be that ownership in order to actual, get actual repentance and to have that lifted from you. Exactly. And that's something that I see, and, and it breaks my heart when I see it, of, of moms who have gone through some degree of post-abortive healing and whatnot, and yet they're still absolutely devastated. And I, I understand the fact, I'm not a counselor, I get that you don't just forgive and forget, so, or, or receive yeah. forgiveness and forget entirely that this is a journey that, that moms are on, dads are on through the rest of their yeah. life. But I, yeah. I feel like that probably speaks to the fact that moms go through, so many moms end up going to a, a handful, a dozen at times healing retreats because they're still grappling. They haven't been empowered to take ownership of their own actions and that they've, they've, they haven't actually received the fullness of of Christ's forgiveness because That's they right. have withheld some of their own um, desire and and culpability yeah. for that forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So I moving back a little bit towards this story, and and I will talk in in a couple minutes. I hope about kind of the future of the exposed series and whatnot. Um, I, I'm. Is it fair to say that the Exposed series may involve a, a wide array of different topics and whatnot? But like you said, there, there's a ton of medical professionals who reached out to you. And I'm curious if you can share a little bit more about some of the stories that you may have received after that call to, to testimony and, and witness of who's gone through something. What were some of the other stories that stood out to you that, that didn't end up becoming episode one, but, but might still warrant to have the stories told, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it was really interesting because there was a very common thread of people going to the washroom and throwing up immediately after. Mm. Um, that was something that I read throughout a lot of them. And a lot of people quit their job. So they went and found the same job at another hospital, um, but just up front said, I will never participate in this type of thing again. Um, most there were quite a number of uh ultrasound technicians who watched it that story was very common um and then there were people who were nurses in the room who um you know were responsible for taking the remains of the child and who didn't watch it on ultrasound but saw the pieces coming out onto the tray um who were who were very scarred by that so really sad yeah, yeah, just just horrifying, and and it's uh, an experience that a lot of us at CSPR. I feel like every town that I go to to give workshops, at the end of almost every presentation I give, I get pulled aside by somebody. I remember talking to a, a young woman, or actually a, a middle aged woman in Saskatoon, who told me that yeah. she was a janitor at the one of oh. the um, one of the public hospitals there. And that she'd yeah. been a janitor for over 10 years and that she got asked to clean up an operating room that she'd done a million times before. She'd seen a, a tremendous amount of blood and medical waste, but yeah. she'd never seen a body of a child who'd been killed by abortion. And that exact response, she she threw up, she um, got a transfer immediately. And and it wasn't even as though, obviously, she was working at an abortion facility. And and I, right. I, I'm sure that it's a whole different kettle of fish to talk about the, the difference between this story and a story like Abby Johnson's or something like that. It's a whole different kettle of fish. But yeah. to hear stories like that from a janitor, I, a friend of mine in Vancouver who was doing medical research until he found out that some of the cell lines that he was working on were derived from the, the HEK human embryonic kidney um, lines. And 
quit his job and left wow. out immediately. And and I'm sure that there's similar stories um, that, that came through your inbox. And I hope even more yeah. stories to come pouring through after this um, first episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it yeah. probably happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so um, I, I don't know how much you can tell. I, I don't know exactly what the process is, but, but is there an episode two in the works? Is there a, an yeah. entire series? What does the future look like? There's a, it's a, it's a series of six. So this is one of six. Um, and the fetal cell lines that you just mentioned, we are planning to do one on, again, a story, um, the actual individuals that were harvested for those fetal cell lines. Um, where our second episode, which we're working on now, is on in vitro fertilization, gotcha. which, uh, you know, opens a, yeah, opens a whole, a whole mess there um yeah. that one i think people are already upset about that one and, and it's they haven't even seen anything um and i think that is so widely uh it's a procedure that's so widely accepted even within the christian community right now yeah so yeah yep uh and then we are probably going to be doing one on uh the birth control pill and Perfect. just how yeah and so those are the four i can talk about right now Okay. The last two, not yeah. Gotcha. I I am super excited. I I don't know if you guys have exact dates um, set out. Are, are we looking at one a year? Are we looking at a couple per year? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm, lots of people who are interested in when they might anticipate an episode two come out. Yeah, I don't have a date yet. Um, the amount of work that <laughs> goes into these <laughs> is sure. huge, and just yeah, just because of the level of animation that we were working with. Um, so we're working with this top level of animation, but we're working with like a very low budget, <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, it's, it works, it works well. Yeah. And um, uh, so thankful for the the people that are, are helping us. Um, like we have ex Disney animators who did this last one mm -hmm. and who yeah. so who want to remain anonymous, which I totally get. Um, yeah, so as soon as we have a date, as soon as um, production's a little farther down the line, I mean, I've already written the script for the IVF one. It's already, it's happening. Beautiful. I, I'm super excited. I, I think that's such an important topic. I mean, all of the topics that you mentioned, I, I've been crushing through Stephanie Gray Connor's book okay. on yep. Conceived by Science, which is yep. interesting. And, and like, obviously, I feel like everyone who deals with this is trying to find some degree of balance between like, we, like, I know people who were conceived through IVF yeah. and, and how do you balance to like, no, I don't want you dead. Uh, I'm not trying to say of that course, I don't want yeah. you to be alive, but, right. but this is also <laughs> an injustice that's perpetrated. And so I, I'm thrilled for that, really excited. And maybe that's a perfect segue into if, if people want to help out and, and hasten these efforts and whatnot, what yeah. needs to happen? I, I'm, I'm sure that you've got a, an incredible team already when it comes to budgets, when it comes to other contributors and whatnot, are, are there ways yeah. that people can get involved and help out? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we are fundraising for the remainder of the episodes. So we have links to that on our uh, Choice for Two donate page. Um, yeah, so thank you for that. Yep. Um, and then what really helps is the promotion and spreading the videos. So like I mentioned right at the start, uh, the procedure, the first episode, which is out, um, we we just want as many people to see it as possible. So we made this as a tool for anyone who is speaking out against abortion to use. So please share it on all your social media. If you want to use it in presentations, go ahead. If you want to use it um, in any way that that brings the anti-abortion movement 
farther along. Yes, please do. Love it. I'm glad that you said that on air, especially because I am planning on using it tonight. Time of recording. <laughs> at, um, <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm speaking at a Red Deer Pro Life event tonight for their oh, AGM, wow. and I'm absolutely okay. planning on unrolling this. I'm, I'm sure many of them have seen it, I hope. But yeah, spread it far and wide, folks. Okay, Make great. sure that people see this because it's such an important um, story and and angle that needs to be shared about this. Yes. So... Cool beans. Laura, you're a champ. Thanks so much for everything that you do for the pro-life movement. I, I feel like you wear a million different hats and do them all so, so well. Thank you for your contributions and, and thank you for, for making this episode and, and opening more people's eyes from a different vantage point to the issue of abortion. Yeah, and thank you for having me. All right, folks, that's my conversation with Laura Klaus, and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Laura is an absolute champ. She wears so many hats in um, the global pro-life, anti-abortion movement. She does a phenomenal job. I think that a lot of people um, kind of brand her inappropriately. I feel like she has gotten a lot of press and attention because of her usage of the word murder. Um, abortion murders a child. Um, and I think that with that, a lot of people have gone a little bit too far in the extremity. There's definitely a conversation to be had around that. Um, and yet anyone who watches this video or any of the other videos that they've done at Choice for Two realize that they're very, very sound, that, that not only are they compelling, not only beautifully done, but these aren't radical. This is a true story that a medical professional walked through um, that has been put on, um, not display per se, but, but made available for you and I and everyone within our spheres of influence to process and to work through because this needs to be shared. It needs to be shared. Abortion um, is the human rights violation of our time. We need to be doing stuff about it. Obviously, many of you are plugged into your local right to life groups. Many of you are connected with CCBR in varying capacities, staff, interns, volunteers, financial supporters. Um, and we appreciate your involvement in every single one of those ways. And my goal, obviously, through the show is to help you further optimize and further leverage your skills, your time, your um, experience for changing a mind, saving of lives and transforming of culture. I think this video does a great job of it. It is profound. It is balanced. It is very, very um, important to share. I, I could keep saying the same um, synonyms over and over and over again. But without further ado, just share the video. Just share the video, get the conversation going and use some of the conversation tools that we talked about on the show. Um, to help the conversations that you are having afterwards. And so that's it. If you want more content, go to prolifeguys.com. If you want to check out the video, go to youtube.com um, and search the Pro-Life Guys podcast um, and check on all of our other episodes. Thanks a ton for tuning in. I hope that um, you are doing well and I hope that you are getting involved in every way that you can. Um, another quick shout out, PS, I suppose, to PS at the end of the video. I don't know if that's supposed to be something different. Um, there is a whole lot of stuff happening in uh, Michigan right now. Please send your prayers. Please send whatever support and help and aid you can. If you didn't check out my episodes with um, Trevor Polo or uh, I want to say Kristen Day from Democrats for Life to learn about what's happening in Michigan right now, please do check them out. Michigan needs our prayers. Michigan needs our help um, for the protection of preborn children. So do that. Thanks a ton. Talk to you next week. God bless you abundantly wherever you're at, however many hours are left in your day. Hey.